You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Second down and two, the handoff to Penny. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. First and 10 at the Seattle 40. Play fake Stafford. Going to stop, going to look. Gets hit, goes down. Back in midfield. Getting to him in the backfield is Daryl Taylor. Presented by Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. Now, here's your host, Jen Mueller. I know Pete Carroll would want me to say that it is just another championship opportunity, but come on, this feels just a little bit different. To be fair, Pete doesn't tell me that every week. He tells the team that, right, John Boyle from Seahawks.com? Exactly, and what I always like to remind fans is just because a team needs to treat it as a championship opportunity and every game's the same because they need to, you know, stay steady and play their game, fans can go crazy. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can get more hyped up if you're a fan because it's the playoffs because you're not out there on the field. If you're a little overamped, not going to really hurt the team. So go nuts fans. You know, I felt a <laughs> little bit hypocritical on Sunday during the game. I've been talking to some younger aspiring broadcasters. And one of their questions was, how do I take the emotion out of it? Because I'm really emotional, right? When I watch uh-huh. games. And my response is, well, working in sports takes that out of you. We, we don't cheer at any point in time ever. You don't cheer in the press box. You don't cheer in post-game interviews. I might have (laughs) cheered on the sidelines once. Now, in my defense, there's also 68,000 people yelling, and you can't tell that it's me versus anybody else, but I cheered, and then I cheered for Detroit. In language my next-door neighbors probably could have heard, language my mother might not have appreciated. That was a fun day. It was wild. That was a really interesting dynamic of, you know, you got this high-leverage game, and it's very stressful, down to the wire overtime, and it ends, and we all have our work to do. You know, we're down there getting our post-game stuff, but the whole time you're like, okay, what's going to happen? We don't know our fate, and then you're – you know, trying to get your work done and also watching that Lions-Packers game, which was a heck of a lot of fun. I was not trying to get any work done during oh, that. Okay. I, was I was intensely involved in watching that game. And I, and I did feel like as much as I wanted the Lions to win that game, I also felt like Seattle was playing with house money. And 9-8 and eight and a winning record was a huge accomplishment for this team. I know that Pete did not necessarily share our enthusiasm on Monday. That was something that I was asked earlier this week on a on a radio interview you know how how hyped is pete i was like well you'd be surprised yeah <laughs> it's a little bit of a response i did not expect yeah i mean well i i can see where they're coming from because first of all you know any competitor is not going to come into a season looking at it as like oh we're not going to be any good this year it's a rebuilding year so they never felt that way but i think it especially changed things when you start out six and three you get that four game winning streak you're in first place in the division and at that point, it's looking like, you know, division titles potentially in your reach and playoffs look pretty likely. And then you lose five of six. So I can see where, you know, as Pete Carroll said, it's kind of a frustrating season in that regard because they got themselves in that situation of you need help to even make the playoffs where if they'd have taken care of a few of those games along the way, it would have been a much easier road. But nonetheless, here they sit. They're in the playoffs. They also hold the number five pick in next year's draft. A lot of draft capital next year, cap space. I mean, you're in, you've got this rookie class that made huge contributions that should only get better. You're set up really well for the future, and you're still playing football in the playoffs. It's a pretty great place to be. It really is an unexpected season and a really fun one. Where are you at right now in this wave of matchups, 
in the playoffs because this happens to all of us, right? Like you see, you have your initial reaction, then you start talking yourself into one thing and then you start talking yourself out of the other thing and then you start predicting things and where are you at? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. Like you look at, okay, now you got to play the Niners and your initial thing is, oh boy, that's that's bad. They're, they've won 10 in a row. They played the Seahawks really tough both times and it's at first glance, it's a really Tough matchup, but you can, you know, like you said, you kind of go through these ups and downs. You start talking yourself into, well, the last game, you know, it's seven to three and you're moving the ball before half and you're going to make a game of it. And then unfortunately, Travis Homer fumbles. They get a touchdown and the whole game kind of tilts the other way. So uh, by no means am I going to say, oh, the Seahawks are going to go out there and just kick their butts or anything. It's going to be really hard, but I just keep going back to if they can just play a cleaner game and take care of the football and not have some of these really costly mistakes. I, I think they're going to be really competitive in this one. Well, and we're going to hear from Pete Carroll in just a second. Here's what I think about, too. There is so much newness yeah. for so many of these guys. This is going to be the first playoff game for a number of Seahawks. I know that the Niners are a tough matchup. They are the hottest team in the NFL. They have the best defense by any metric that you look at. But it's not an unfamiliar opponent, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that makes it easier. But when you are trying to get so much done on a short week, look, whether you like going against Nick Bosa or not, and I talked to Charles Cross about this this week, you know what he looks like. Yeah. You know what he's going to do. You know what it's like to play in that stadium. Like, it's one or two less things that gets, like, the heart rate and the butterflies going. Yeah, like – they're obviously a great team, but you're right that there's not going to be that like overwhelming moment of like, we don't know this team. I don't know this player across from me, this building, the environment, like there will be some familiarity to it for all these guys. And I do think that will help them just kind of play their game and do what they're supposed to do. Okay. Having said all of that, <laughs> I don't know who has the tougher task this week. Certainly the players have to execute, but this isn't easy for coaches to prepare for just given how good the Niners are all the way around. We're going to have to really play really connected football. You know, we're going to have to do it all. We have to run the football. We have to take care of the ball. Uh, we're going to have to eliminate the big plays on the defensive side and give our guys a chance to rush the pass rush so we can see the pass rush that we've been seeing uh, last month or so and, and throughout the season. Um, we have to play off one another uh, and really have a great deal of confidence in, in uh, what Jason's going to do and what, what Mike's going to do in the kicking game. Uh, those, guys are, those guys are on it. Our kicking game is really solid and, and that's going to need to maintain. Godwin's given us some good, some good firepower, you know, on returns, and and we're still getting some some stuff out of DJ. Um, so that, that all of that, those factors, you know, if you were going to measure us on the DVOA scale from this point forward, we need to be on top of that thing. I saw a few fans on social media loved Pete dropping the DVOA reference, which for those who aren't familiar, that's the analytics site Football Outsiders kind of overall measurement for they they basically try to measure every play of a game and grade it, and then. Teams are ranked by their offensive, defensive, and special teams DVOA. And to Pete's point, they need to get it done in all those phases and just really play that complete complementary football, which you know, I think maybe the Jets game is the best example we've seen this year where they just sort of did everything in all phases. And you know, when your defense is playing well, you help the offense and vice versa. And the special teams helps out field position, all that stuff. So you're going to need kind of all three phases clicking to, to be able to beat a team as good as the Niners. Well, and Seattle has not done that against the 49ers this year. No. Statistically, the worst games of the year came against San Francisco. Now, you could point to a couple of unfortunate 
scheduling. I'm just going to call them quirks because I can't think of a better word right now. You played San Francisco in week two. You were coming off a very emotional win against Denver, and it was a short week. And we could tell in the building, and Pete said so afterwards, right? Like maybe not the same level. Yeah of either energy, focus, attention, whatever you want to say in week two. Yeah. And then the next time you play him, it's on a Thursday night. So it's a super short week. So I can understand why Seattle has not been on their game. Having said that, those rushing numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's the short week thing. That first game especially is, I mean, it it was impossible not to kind of have a little hangover from that Broncos game. It was the opener, the fans were just so hyped up and everything extra that came with that game. So a little letdown there was probably inevitable no matter how hard the coaching staff tries to avoid that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now you're both coming in this game on equal footing. You both played Sunday. You're going into a Saturday game. You've got close to a full week to prepare. Just you lost the off day Tuesday. So I yeah, I mean, I, I do think this sets up a little better preparation-wise, but I mean, you just said it, the running game, both sides of it. It's, I mean, you look at the way the 49ers ran the ball, you look at the way the Seahawks have not run the ball, and they got to they gotta even that out a little bit, balance that out. When you look at the numbers, just 36 rushing yards in week two for Seattle. That is the lowest total of the season. 70 yards in that Thursday night game in week 15. That is the second lowest total. They were averaging, I think it was 14 rushing attempts in those games. Now, the flip side of that is we have seen that ground game get going in the last three weeks. They've run for over 130 yards in each of those games. Kenneth Walker the third over 100 yards. But you're going to have to do something to get the Niners out of rhythm on defense because we know that they are going to line up in their track stance. They're going to stop the run on the way to the passer, right? Especially when you've got Nick Bosa and 18 and a half sacks. Extraordinary athlete, one. Got great feel. Probably his best asset is his motor, you know, that he just keeps bringing it and he plays so hard and so aggressively. Um, so you put that together, you got, you know, he's, he's a monster of a guy to deal with. Yeah, and I mean, that's it's such a cliche thing, but you got to run the ball a little bit to get their pass rush slowed down somewhat because what we've seen when the Seahawks offense is really struggling is when they get into these, I mean, it's true of any offense, but you get into these third and longs where it's maybe you had a false start, maybe you had a negative run, but if you're playing from third and long against this 49ers defense, it's going to be a darn near impossible task. Have the Seahawks done enough in the last three weeks to build the confidence in that that they need? I think so. I mean, look, they're going to come into it confident. They ran for almost 400 yards the last two games. I mean, they've been running, and really, it's it, it's kind of been a two-and-a-half game stretch. They didn't run the ball well in the first half in Kansas City, and then Kenneth Walker had a big second half. So you're coming off a, you know, two-and-a-half game sample size of running the ball really well and being committed to it. I mean, they've had a lot of carries. So um, confident, yes, but I don't think you can just look at the numbers and assume they're going to translate because they just have not faced a defense of this 49ers caliber since the last time they played the 49ers. Yeah, in fact, the 49ers allowing just 300 yards a game, 16 points a game. Those are the lowest totals in both categories in the league. But I do think in the last couple of games, John, it's easy to look and say, well, you played the Jets and the Rams, and you look at their overall record and go, well, you did what you were supposed to do. But when I was talking to Charles Cross about this very thing, he said, yeah, but those were really good run defenses. Like, we had a chance to prove that we can do it. And I think... I think Pete said an interesting thing this week when he talked about the number of snaps that Ken Walker is now at. It is a rhythm and a timing thing with the guys up front. 
It is a decisive factor for Ken. It's also the coaches knowing how to coach him now that you have seen him enough. Yeah, and I think you know the the point the point that people keep or the the turning point kind of thing that the coaches keep bringing up is that halftime of Kansas City where they talk to Kenneth about just being more decisive and hitting it. And I I think we saw that the most maybe in the Rams game of there weren't necessarily a ton of the huge runs, but you also didn't see as much of the dancing in the backfield for a two yard loss kind of thing where. You know, he's taken the three, four yards when that's was there, and that's what you're going to need against the 49ers. So you hope that that halftime Kansas City turning point shows up and it looks a lot different than the last time they played the 49ers. Well, especially you consider all the factors, right? The potential weather and the sloppiness of that field and the way that the Niners can employ all sorts of tactics to cover your wide receivers downfield. They have their ways, you know. They they pretty much make you beat their defense, though. You know, they've got enough variety in their in their scheme that uh, allows them to to have some answers, you know, to do stuff. But they're pretty much going to play what they play, and they're going to rely on the rush to, to be the factor. Is kind of how they do it. So they're not, not as exotic as some other teams, but yet they they um, they have their ways. It's funny when we started that, you know, talking about them not being exotic. It kind of reminds you of. Another defense we've I, seen, which I was just going to say some that of those same great Seahawks thing. defenses and, you know, doesn't not surprising. There's some fingerprints on that defense from from Pete Carroll, even though Robert Salah is not still there. He you know, he he put a lot of that defense together. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for when you have I mean, you look at the amount of talent on that defense. They don't necessarily have to trick you. They're just really good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I just keep going back to like you got to just be clean. You can't put yourselves in bad situations because at your, everything's going to be hard work in this one. Well, and you talked about takeaways. This is a great team at takeaways. Seattle has turned the ball over four times in the two matchups against the Niners, three times in week two and once in week 15, I think is what it was. But to be fair, you were rattling off a ton of, of numbers that got me all messed up right before <laughs> we were talking about what the Niners defense can do in that regard. You didn't memorize them all? Right? I can't, I, no, it was, it, so on this winning streak they're on, since the bye week, they, they won one before the bye week, but the nine games since the bye week, they have seven turnover, or I'm sorry, seven games with multiple turnovers of those nine games and at least one takeaway in every one of them. Last, it was four last week, two the week before that, two the week before that. So it's just, I mean, Every week they're getting the ball away from their opponents, usually more than once. And I, I just don't see a good route for the Seahawks to win this game if they do that. Well, and we did hear Gino say that last week's game was the worst yeah. that he thought he had played. And, you know, the numbers didn't look great. I, I do think they were trying to spark the offense in a specific way mm-hmm. against the Rams, which led to him forcing some things. I also think, John, that over the course of the year, we have seen Gino kind of course correct it's not it's not big swings right but just mm. kind of course correct and come back on track the following week yeah I mean he's he's proven both in games and week to week to be a very resilient player I mean I we go back to some of the turnovers he's, he's had where he has a bad play and then comes back and rallies the team so I don't worry at all that him having what you know as you he described after the game was probably his worst game I don't worry at all about that carrying over for him I think he's going to bounce back and he'll play well but it's it's going to be tough and they got to do a lot of things to help him out and take some of the pressure off well and dk metcalf talked about that this week he has played in a playoff game he knows what's on the line and he knows that uh, plays on the ball they need to go seattle's way i think that's one thing that separates the regular season from the playoffs is the is many mistakes and turnovers um 
is, is not as apparent uh, as in the regular season. A lot of teams don't make mistakes. A lot of teams don't turn the ball over. Um, and they just cherish every possession, uh, you know, like it's their last. So I think that's all that we have to do is just cherish every time that we have the ball and every play. Um, we got to run it like it's our last. Look, there's a lot of guys that are cherishing this opportunity inside the Seahawks locker room, including the fact that Geno Smith has never started a playoff game. Yeah. How about that? I like DK's reaction to that. We brought that up. Yeah. Like, wait, really? <laughs> like, they yeah. said, then he said a word we can't repeat on here and said, let's go. Well, and so here's what I think could be the X factor for Seattle. And, and look, again, I just want to be very clear. The Niners are a fantastic team that are well balanced. Brock Purdy has a lot of options with the way that they want to use Debo Samuel and the way they want to use Christian McCaffrey. This is the sixth career start for Brock Purdy. If both quarterbacks are making their first playoff start, I like the fact that Gino has seen a heck of a lot of football, man. Yeah. Like, I like the fact that he has had to deal with the emotions, that he has had to bounce back from bad games. Uh, Brock Purdy hasn't had a bad game yet. The Niners scoring has gone up almost 10 points a game since he took over. His touchdown-to-interception ratio is ridiculous. If you can fluster him... I like Gino's chance to stay calm under pressure. Yeah, and I, I don't think, you know, as much as the 49ers have all these weapons and everything they've been doing on the streak, I don't look at this and just be like, oh, the Seahawks defense is going to get run over because you look at the way this defense has been playing the last few weeks. They held the Chiefs to a season low in yards. They've held three straight opponents under 300 yards. They've allowed 10 total points in the second half of the last three games, shut the Jets out, only allowed a field goal to the Rams. And, you know, you can't just, okay, get rid of the big plays because the big plays count. But it wasn't like the 49ers were just kicking their butts all game long. It was a few busts, which gift Kyle Shanahan a ton of credit. He makes yeah. those things happen with some incredible scheme. But if you can just clean a little bit of those big plays up, all of a sudden you made that a tough game for them offensively. And it becomes the kind of game I think Pete Carroll would love to see this be. It, you know, Going back again, with before Travis Homer turned the ball over and the game got loose from him a little bit, that was trending towards the game I think Pete Carroll thinks his team can win. Yeah. Is, you know, look, we're going to keep it low scoring. We're going to both make it hard on each other's offenses and see where it comes down to the finish. And, you know, unfortunately it didn't play out that way because of a few big plays. But get rid of those big plays and the turnovers, and I think Seahawks are going to be right there in it. Yeah, well, and Pete said that this week. I know the fans want this to to be an easy win, but it's okay to feel that pressure at the end of the game. Oh, yeah, this is not going to be easy on either side of this. I also want to point out, as I was looking at matchups, there were some fan websites that were were comparing Brock Purdy's just kind of college career, right, and saying, well, it's only sixth NFL start, but he did start in big games at college. He started four straight years at Iowa State. He started in four bowl games. And I only bring this up because Northwest and Pac-12 fans may or may not appreciate this. Yes, he did start in four bowl games. They won one of those games against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Well, I did not know that. In 2021. They also lost to Washington State one of those years in the Alamo Bowl. Okay. There you go. There's Some a fun fact. Good college that I, football that I got. For well, us. you know, once you start going down a rabbit hole, you got to make that pay off, right? <laughs> There's that. And you know what? Right now, we need to pause for a word from our presenting sponsor. The best stories aren't the ones you're told, they're the ones you live. Meeting people in person, facing challenges face to face, getting out of your hometown and your comfort zone. Delta knows how important it is to see a different point of view from a different point of view. So for those who want their own story to tell, Delta Airlines has a world full of places to start. 
Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. I love the fact that we are traveling. I love the fact that we're back on the road. I looked at the forecast. I don't think I'm doing anything. Not great. I don't. I. This is another one of those I'm glad I'm in the press box unlike you kind of games. Sorry. Thanks, John. I like to point that out, that I'm grateful for my I like to point seat. out that I'm tougher than you are. Fair enough. No argument also, here. Also, you deserve that for what you tweeted about me this week. I, There's uh, more shots know, I could fire. but It was a little funny. Did you laugh a little? <laughs> <laughs> my husband laughed at that one. There you go. And agreed with you, which is sad. But Seattle does get to travel. Look, weather's going to be a factor. That's not probably what they're going to talk about in team meetings, but it goes back to needing to make sure that that ground game is going. I also wonder how it would affect some of those guys up front getting that pass rush going. We have been on that field. In fact, it wasn't a great weather game when we played in week two. It was on and off rain, kind of soggy. We've had way too much rain in California, by the way. I know. There's a little side note for our... That is... We've been to California, but... This year. The weather has not been great. It's, we're going to have to work on that for the scheduling yeah. for next year. I do wonder what that does, though, for some of those guys, because that field gets slick. That That's not a thick turf down yeah. there that I remember. It gets, it gets pretty slick, and it's not just going to rain on Saturday. It is raining the days leading up to that. So there's going to have to be some adjustments made to that. But when you think about edge rushers, what do you think Bruce Irvin's going to say to the guys? Because when you look at that playoff list... The guys who have experience. Yeah. He is the only one that's italicized. First of all, he has most playoff experience. Second of all, Super Bowl. The italicized means that he's the only one who played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think, you know, more than anything, and he talked about this a little bit on Sunday, it's it's just getting in these guys' heads to appreciate these moments. And, you know, for some guys they've been lucky to be here a lot, and other guys it, you know, they go along, you know, like Shelby Harris went, you know, eight seasons. Not just no playoffs, losing record that every year. That was crazy yeah. to me. He's never even been in a week 17, maybe we got a shot situation. It's just been planning your vacation with the wife and kids and playing out the stretch. So I think those guys are going to probably appreciate it the most, but that's Bruce can just really kind of help these guys both appreciate the moment, but also not let it be too much for them and remind them that like, look, ultimately this is really cool. We're in the postseason, but we're playing a football game and so are they and go, go do your thing. Yeah, it's another one of those guys who have seen a heck of a lot of football. I don't think anything's going to phase Bruce. He'll, he'll get those guys ready to go. And if we had our say, this is what the team would do to come away with a win in Santa Clara. What do you got, John? I, you know, we talked about the run game, and I know the CX want to run the ball, but I do think it's also going to be tough. So I need Geno Smith to be the, you know, September, October version of Geno Smith. 70-plus percent, don't turn the ball over. I, you know, I, I would love just, it's been a great season. It's such a cool story. But to me, the, the awesome chapter to, to add on to it would be come out and carry his team to a playoff win. Other side of the ball, get rid of the explosives, the bus, the, you know, where they dress up a play on you and just guys running wide open. Because I do think this defense is playing well enough that if you, if you make them really earn the yards, it's going to be a pretty low scoring game that you can hang around in. I am going to keep this very, very simple. You have to be able to run the ball. I yeah. know you said it's going to be difficult, but it is a huge difference when Seattle gets over 100 rushing yards and when they don't. So yeah. run the ball, stick with the run. I don't care if the yards are there in the first half or not. Stick with the run. And uh, I'm going to give you a, a duel. No turnovers and at least one takeaway. I like it. So that's what I've got dialed up. And uh, – I don't know. I'm at the point where I, I You're like talking this yourself matchup. into it, aren't you? I like. It. I didn't. I've. I've not. I know that it's a tough matchup. I'm going to keep saying that, but I kind of like it.
I like where we're at. And it's playoffs. It's not supposed to be easy. That's true. It's not going to be easy. It is going to be fun. And we are going to be back with you regardless next week for another edition of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast.